Well, the formula usually goes something like this. First, we look at another person, family, or, or situation and make assumptions based on, on what we think we see. Second, we compare and measure ourselves against that perception. Third, we usually feel either one of three things, inadequate, self-righteous, or envious. You see, we human beings are, are creatures of comparison. We are constantly comparing ourselves to other people. They have the perfect marriage. We should be able to have the perfect marriage. Their kids are so respectful and well-behaved. Our kids should be that respectful and well-behaved. They have a new SUV. We should be able to have a new SUV. Her house is perfectly decorated. You know, I can never have anybody over to my house because it doesn't look like that ever. Or, I'm so glad I'm not in that situation. I would never do something like that. At least I'm not as bad as him. I could do way better than that. Thank God I'm not like those people. And with this comparison formula operating at full force, it doesn't take a psychologist or, or therapist to figure out and recognize that when we constantly compare ourselves to other people, there is little room for gratitude or, quite frankly, for God. If we want to become truly grateful people, we have to confront comparison. And that's where we go today in our Not Ungrateful sermon series. Let's pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, transform us, uh, so that we might live for you, bear fruit for your kingdom. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 18th chapter, verses 9 through 14. Listen for God's word. Jesus told this parable to certain people who had convinced themselves that they were righteous and who looked on everyone else with disgust. Two people went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed about himself with these words, God, I thank you that I'm not like everyone else, crooks, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I receive. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even lift his eyes to look toward heaven. Rather, he struck his chest and said, God, show mercy to me, a sinner. I tell you, this person went down to his home justified rather than the Pharisee. All who lift themselves up will be brought low, and those who make themselves low will be lifted up. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is a specifically directed parable. Sometimes when Jesus tells parables, the intended audience is, is broad or ambiguous. This time, Luke writes that Jesus tells this parable, quote, to certain people who had convinced themselves they were righteous and who looked on everyone else with disgust. You hear the implication there. The implication is that God did not convince or tell them that they were righteous. They convinced themselves. They justified themselves. They convinced themselves that they were righteous by 
by comparing their piety, their prayers, their way of life to others so that they could say, I'm better than they are, so I must be okay. I must have value. In other words, this parable is for people who compare themselves to others in order to feel good. This is a parable for those who seek justification by comparison. That's what comparison is at its core. It's a desperately distorted cry for value and wholeness. Why do we do it? Why do we compare ourselves to others constantly? Biologically speaking, for our ancestors, social status provided survival benefits. The higher up the ladder, the greater chance of procreation and passing on your genes. We compared ourselves to others in the group to figure out where we fell, and then we made sure we did everything we could to be at the top of the ladder because our literal survival may have been at stake. But there's a lot more to it than that. It goes deeper. Genesis also tells us why. Before sin entered the picture, our worth was determined by God, and we actually believed it. God made us. God said we were very good. So we were hardwired so that something outside of us told us who we were, God. That we were made to get our glory, our security, our understanding of value, our purpose from God. We were whole because God told us we were. And God told us who we were. We didn't need to compare ourselves to others because... There was not this innate sense of insecurity or, or inadequacy. It was like the presence and voice of God unceasingly telling us we are worthy, we are beautiful, we are loved. And it was so, so pure and so glorious. Scripture tells us Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. In other words, there was no, un, there was no insecurity. But when that relationship, when our relationship with God was broken because of sin... That, that glory that we felt that came from God became tarnished. And all of a sudden, humanity started to believe that, that we were all alone. Insecurity rose to the surface and humanity began to look toward other people to tell us that we are good, value, valued, okay, right with the world, eternally secure. We started comparing ourselves to, to others in order to try and feel that same sense of worth and wholeness that God was giving us. Author Donald Miller in his book, Searching for God Knows What, has a memorable way of describing it. He talks about pretending that he is an alien and having to go back to his home planet and give a report to the head alien about what people on earth are like. And this is the report. Humans as a species are constantly and in every way comparing themselves to one another, which given the brief nature of their existence seems an oddity and for that matter a waste. Nevertheless, this is the driving influence behind every human's social development, their emotional health and sense of joy, and sadly, their greatest tragedies. It is, though, it is as though something that helped them live well has gone missing, and they're pining for that missing thing in all sorts of methods. The greater tragedy is few people even understand they have the disease. This seems strange as well because it is so obvious. To be sure, it is killing them and yet sustaining their systems. They're a beautiful people with a terrible problem. Comparison certainly kills gratitude. In one form, comparison makes us self-righteous and judgmental because, well, we're better than another person. 
Thank God we aren't like them. We miss our own belovedness. We lose sight of God who created us in God's image. We also slip into justification. We also slip into a justification, not by grace through faith, but by comparison. And that's the, comp- that's the kind of comparison that the, the parable in Luke addresses. I mean, the temple was practically structured for this. Jesus set the parable in the temple with a Pharisee and a tax collector, one who would have been expected to be there praying and one who certainly would not. The, the temple's tra- tradition and even architectural structure meant that you knew your status there. You knew if you were an insider or an outsider, who you were against others. Thank God I'm not like this tax collector, praise the Pharisee. We've never said anything like that, have we? Th- th- there is no ounce of true gratitude toward God and the one who receives his worth in relation to feelings about other people. Be- because here's the thing. Feeling grateful that you're not like someone else in that way is not really gratitude. It's just passive-aggressive superiority. And he, he misses the true nature of his blessing. He may, in fact, be blessed. But he misses the true nature of his blessing because, through comparison, he sees it as self-manufactured. How can he truly be grateful for God's goodness, grace, promise, salvation, if he's seeking wholeness and meaning from measuring himself, stacking himself up against other people. How can we, for that matter? On the other hand, comparison works in another form, too. And comparing ourselves blocks gratitude because we're so focused on other people and what we don't have or don't measure up to that we miss the blessings, the gifts, the talents in our own lives. Instead of looking down on people, we compare our, our lowlights and behind-the-scenes mess to other people's highlights. We compare the beginning of our story to the middle of someone else's. Our bank account is never as big. Our relationships are never as easy. Other people's jobs are always more fulfilling than ours. But the problem is still the same. We're trying to redeem ourselves through comparing to other people instead of trusting in God and our identity in Christ. And I would submit to you that this type of comparison is even more of a problem than the former today in our context. And so maybe Jesus would tell the parable like this today. Jesus told this parable to certain people who had convinced themselves that they were worthless and compared themselves to others while feeling inadequate or envious. Two women got on Facebook just before bed to scroll through the news feed. Both were moms with kids who had just had a hard day balancing work and parenting. The first mom scrolled through the news feed and took notice of all the photos of families who had been on vacation or moms that had just completed a new degree and a body transformation. Immediately, feelings of insecurity and self-doubt crept in, and she began to cry and, and mutter and murmur to herself, I wish I could be like them. I wish I had what they had. She's always so put together. They're always getting to go on vacation. Oh, it's so annoying. The second mom scrolled through her Facebook feed and smiled. Smiled at the photos of families on vacation. I'm thankful they got to do that trip together. And I'm glad we got to play in the backyard yesterday as a family. God bless family time. 
wow, that's great. She got a new degree and she's taking care of herself physically. Thank you, God, for giving her the resolve and the margins to pull that off. Thank you for the work that I get to do right now. I'm grateful to be able to do what I love and still be a mom. I tell you the truth. This woman went to bed with a whole heart rather than the first. All who compare themselves to others will find insecurity, and those who give thanks will find contentment. So where's the good news this morning? Where's the good news in exposing comparison as a barrier to gratitude? The tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even lift his eyes to look toward heaven. Rather, he struck his chest and said, God, show mercy to me, a sinner. I tell you, this person went down to his home justified rather than the Pharisee. All who lift themselves up will be brought low, and those who make themselves low will be lifted up. Friends, the good news is this. God lifts people up. Our comparing ourselves to others does not. God lifts people up. Our comparing ourselves to others do not. Let me say that again. God lifts people up. God gives people meaning, worth, purpose, wholeness, salvation, security. God does not compare us to others. God rejoices over each one of us as the unique people that we are. God gives thanks and rejoices over us as God rescues and redeems us in love. And so the only one we should ever be comparing ourselves to is Jesus. Is Jesus. Because then we realize our dependency upon God's grace for which we should be profoundly grateful. And then we're grateful at the prospect of being transformed by this same grace into people who start to look more like Jesus. Friends, the tax collector didn't just return home justified. He returned home grateful. When COVID happened, the comparison engine in me revved at full force. All of a sudden, uh, my identity and security as a, as a pastor was given a gut punch. We had just had our third son. And so in addition to, uh, to the world of, of COVID, I, would, I had taken time away from church um, to, to, to be present for that too. And, and one particular day, I remember going on Facebook and seeing all of the things that some uh, pastors and colleagues and other churches were already doing. And I remember the feelings of panic and inadequacy that, that came over me, overshadowing gratitude as I compared myself to them. It was not good. And then God saved me. It was another parable of, of sorts. That night or, or, or the next night, I can't remember which, I read Dr. Seuss's classic, Happy Birthday to You book, to G. And I got to the part in the book that says, Today you are you, that is truer than true. There is no one alive more youer than you. And it was like God's mercy came to me. And after that, I, I, I closed the book, closed my eyes, and prayed, and I said, 
Thank you for making me me. Thank you for making them them. Thank you for saving me just now, Lord. Help me trust in you to tell me who I am. Because can you imagine, can can you imagine what it feels like to have the glory and love of God shining through your soul so powerfully that you would never have a self-defeating thought again? Never compare yourself against someone else again out of insecurity, self-righteousness, to try and find value. What if God's love God's presence filled our souls with such affirmation that we didn't need to compare ourselves to others. Maybe then all we would need to do, indeed all we could do, is be grateful. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.